We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 71, the dry out time. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I got to tell you, we have little drops that we... (laughs) This intro here was really loud for some reason. Yeah, I noticed that. Oh my gosh. It made me jump. We both said, okay, well, let's start now. So I punched record and it's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay, well, it's gone now, so... Phew. So, dry out time. We got some nice weather today. We it you know, I went outside early this morning and it was almost cool. Yeah. You know, no humidity this morning. It was actually very nice. And uh I may be sleeping with the windows open this week. We'll see. Well, I don't know. I I can't sleep with the windows open because I'm afraid of the critters that will come in the window and eat me while well, I'm sleeping. <laughs> I have a sliding glass door with a nice screen in my bedroom. So I I went without an air conditioning unit with right when we were switching over to spring. So yeah. I got used to it. It was very nice. It was like free air conditioning cuz the temps got low. Oh yeah. Looks like the temps are going to be nice overnight this this week. So I'm hoping maybe I'll get to do that again. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've uh uh, you know, we're recording on Monday evening. It's about a little after 9 o'clock. Uh, I've been working on the Hughes Brothers Boot Camp. They've, it's for kids. Kids from all over the country can sign up for this boot camp. It's like a musical theater workshop type of thing. And I'm doing tracks for them. And uh, I, uh, I, the reason I'm saying this is because I, I do the tracks at home and, on Logic, and then I make a bounce, which is a, a file. But then... You know, I only hear it out of these speakers, so I want to go out and hear it in my car, in my car speakers, to see if, you know, everything is the same. Uh, The levels are the same and everything. I walked outside, and I went, wow, it's almost cool out here. It's enjoyable is what it is. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I thought, wow, do I want to open up the windows? But uh, yeah, you know, that cold front, we had two days. We had Saturday and Sunday, but then last night... That dry cold front came through and has set the stage for an incredible week, except for maybe Wednesday. Morning. Later on <laughs> is my kind of weather. Yeah. Well, you know, models are wanting to bring another wet pattern again into starting like Friday and Saturday. And I think we should just enjoy this dry out time while we have it. I think so, because rain is coming back. The moisture is coming back. Yeah, and and that's kind of normal. We're in June, and we're going to have that southerly flow coming Mm -hmm. in from the Gulf. Um, A couple of days ago, the models weren't even advertising anything, but now 
uh, as of yesterday, actually last night, I started seeing the forecast and started watching the models and stuff. There, there's a system up north that is kind of wanting to bring the tail end of it down, you know, give us some rain and maybe some thunderstorms uh, late overnight Tuesday into Wednesday morning. It's a kind of a quick-moving system. But to my surprise, this morning, this SPC popped a marginal risk for severe weather. And I'm like, what do you think? Well, I think we're at that point where we almost have to look at the SPC daily because you just never know. And uh, we're in fast mode now. I mean, yeah, if we do see something, it's not going to be awfully too, too bad. Uh, We may get a hailer or two, if that. Yeah. Somewhere in the area, not here. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in the vicinity. Yeah, and we're not talking about massive tornado stuff. We're not talking about a huge outbreak. No. We're not even talking about widespread. We're not, I wouldn't even call it isolated. I'd call it hit and miss. Yeah, that's why I'm like not really excited about it yet. I mean, now. We'll see what they say tomorrow. Exactly. If If they bring a slight risk up. Into southern Missouri, okay, then I'm going to start paying attention. But see, to me, a marginal risk is like a special weather statement to you. It's like, why? Well, <laughs> you know, I was on the fence when they introduced the marginal. Back in the day, you only had back in the day you only had three categories: slight, uh, moderate, slight, moderate, and, and high. high. Yeah, yeah, and there was nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So I don't think that some of these marginals would have been slight back in the day, but some of some of them would, some of them wouldn't. Right, depending on the coverage and everything. This one probably wouldn't. And to me, they've been using enhanced a lot lately. I mean, yeah. we've been seeing enhanced all over the place. Now, and some of those enhanced, I would call moderate. I, I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we have an enhanced risk for this, and all of a sudden there's like 20 tornadoes going yeah. on. You know, and sometimes they have a moderate risk, and there's five tornadoes. Well, back going. in the late '90s, we used to get a lot more moderates than we do now because yeah. we have all these enhanced. Enhanced didn't exist back then. Uh, yeah, but if we had a moderate, we knew that there's a good chance that something was going to happen. Right, it's more of an awareness thing. Right. I mean, it's uh, you're 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 more aware. It's above a slight, so you know, well, something could happen. And normally it did. But now you have that enhanced, and it could go either way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm i on the fence whether they said th- they introduced too many. I mean, th- the, the marginal, I'm like, eh. Because they also have one below marginal, which is the zero level, which is general thunder. And that just confuses people, if you ask me. <sighs> yeah, I know. I mean, the, the definite criteria. Uh, here, let me call that. I'm going to call that up. So you talk for a while. I'm going to I'm going to Well, the general that. thunder, you know, is not severe, but you have to remember and they will tell you this any thunderstorm whether it's severe or not can cause a lightning risk and a flooding risk. Yes. So maybe that's their way of thinking on yeah, you might get a general thunderstorm. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I, I called this up now from the from the SPC. What they say, which they call no level, which no label, which I call level zero, no severe thunderstorms expected. Lightning, flooding, threat exists with all thunderstorms. Marginal, 
isolated severe thunderstorms possible, which is what you just said, mm-hmm. limited in duration or and or coverage and or intensity. So something may pop up for, you know, like, like these uh, popcorn summertime things that, that just rage for about five minutes and then, then they just disappear within 10. Right. You know, slight risk, scattered severe storms possible, short-lived and or not widespread, isolated, intense storms possible. Okay. Enhanced. This is the one that they've really been hitting a lot. More persistent and or widespread, a few intense. Okay. Well, that's a big jump from slight, mm-hmm. I think. And then moderate, which is above enhanced, long-lived, widespread, and intense. And you don't get very many of those per year anymore. Now, Under 10 moderates, really, if, if you think about it. It used to be a common occurrence, but you don't really see it much anymore. Well, that's why I raised my eyebrows, and I know you did too. Uh, what was it, two weeks ago or something, when they that long, moderate risk, which went through Miami and Joplin, I was yeah. like, whoa. And according to this, long-lived, widespread, intense, they had some long-lived. They sure did. Tornadic you know, stuff going on out there. And of course, the very top, high, widespread, severe storms expected, long-lived, very widespread, and particularly intense. Now, didn't they have a high risk you know, down there? You know what the keyword you just said? What's that? Expected. Ex- yes. Because they issued a high risk and it there, didn't pan out. There was more stuff in the moderate and enhanced in Northeast Oklahoma. Later, yeah. A day later, they issued a moderate and it panned out big time. Yeah. So, and you know, and and to give them credit, I mean, it's yeah, nobody can tell the future. Nobody can tell. They are going on uh, parameters and atmospheric conditions at the time, which is what we do too. And they have the best equipment that's available. They have all the models that mm -hmm. are available. Mm -hmm. They have all the balloons. They are using. It's not like they're 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 guessing they're not just guessing Uh -uh. it's an educated guess basically yeah this is scientific it's very scientific yeah they know when you when you get the atmosphere but it's kind of like one tornado or one thunderstorm no none of them are the same and i will tell you this Mm -hmm. you know back in the 90s when we had just the three categories compared to today there were more busts back then than there are now agree by a lot uh, by, by a huge margin. Uh, totally agree. Yes. So technology is definitely improving. Yeah. And back in the 80s in Oklahoma, it's like, you know, I talked to my buddy Marty because uh, they didn't have the technology we have now. You know, they would see a thunderstorm. Oh, that thing might be twisting. Tornado warning, tornado warning. And everybody just gets buzzed about it and just, you know, starts ignoring it. And <clears throat> excuse me, I almost swallowed my spit there. <coughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, everything now they can pinpoint with radar. We have the velocity scans. We have all of, of the, the signatures, the correlation coefficient, so we can actually see if there's a hole. Well, the whole dual polarization thing came up. When did that start? A few years back. Hmm. I will look. Keep talking. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's basically a high definition, like, like, like from, from standard definition TV to, to high definition and 4K TV. They can... See more definition. They have so many more products at their disposal. Oh yeah, and some of them I don't even know. And <laughs> now, and and it changed the way tornadoes are warned because they 
can confirm a tornado using radar, which you could not do before that kicked in. Because you can see, you know, different products and different things in the air and and measure different things to where, and it'll say radar confirmed, but they can actually confirm a tornado using just radar now, which you couldn't do back in the 90s, 80s. And that's what I'm wanting to do this summer is, you know, everybody, uh, I hopefully everybody knows that we have all these weather schools going on, uh, which is from on our site, stormdarweather.com, and just click the uh, media, I think it's the media page or media tab or whatever, and it'll go to weather schools. We've got like, I don't even know how many, 30, 40 weather schools. There's a bunch. (laughs) Yeah, and those are the audio weather schools that we use on the podcast. But what I'm really wanting to do is a video weather school. And that is going to, because it's kind of hard to explain everything, you know, when people can't see it. So <laughs> that was my whole goal. I wanted to take it, put it in a video form. And that way you that... can use your hands more like on your live shots. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, we both are being yeah. very gesticulation uh, oriented here. <laughs> However, uh, I'm trying to figure out when the launch of the dual pole is. You know what? Uh I won't waste time now. During the weather school, I'll look on that. Remind me, and I will figure that. Well, let's out. go. We'll, the the next rads that are at each National Weather Service office is uh, what are they called? I forget. WRD or WSD eighty eight WDR Weather Detection Radar. And then and then there's two numbers in it. Eighty eight. Mm-hmm. That's the year that they were installed. Let me guess, 1988, right? 1988. I win! I was uh, I was a youngin', and uh, <laughs> they, they uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I was 11 years old. I wasn't. But. I was seven years after high school graduation. Okay, there we go, go on. <laughs> All the way up into the late 1990s, you know, that was, well, I'll go back. 88 was before internet. Before internet was ready, readily accessible to all the media outlets from the National Weather Service. So, in order for a TV station to see live Doppler radar, they had to have their own. Because they couldn't get it right yes. from their the, the, uh, the, the, the National Weather Service Doppler in 1988. Now, do you remember the Monet radar? There was a radar in Monette. Yes, I do. And it had like four little bands and yeah. little things that looked like a, a an airplane radar. That's exactly what it was. Oh, I remember that on KY3. I'd KY3, watch that all KSN. Time. I remember Ken Ford. Little blips coming out. Monette yeah. radar. And it was scary looking. That probably didn't do... I mean, it, it scared me just looking at it because I didn't know what I was looking at. And of course, I was a young kid. <laughs> But just seeing that and knowing that there was a tornado on there somewhere, I don't know where, but... Well, yeah, and it was only white or whatever. Okay, I'm going to blow your mind here. Oh, my. Because I uh, went to the NSSL.NOAA. NSSL stands for National Severe Storms Laboratory at NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration.gov. And they say... Dual pole is the most significant enhancement ever made to the nation's radar network since Doppler radar was in, first installed in the early 1990s. 
So maybe it didn't launch. You know, mean, maybe well, it was in 1988, but that's when they actually in the early 1990s. It was staggered because there's a bunch of them. The very first ones went in 88. Y- yes, yes. I'm trying to figure this out. Okay, 2012. That sounds about right. 20, 2012 is when, that's what I'm seeing here, is when they actually started implementing the dual polarization. And, and what we mean, I mean, for all of our listeners who don't understand, um, what the radar does, it sends out a beam. And it's a horizontal beam. If you know, like, what a sine wave is, like a... I mean, you'd have to see it. Again, the weather school, that's what I need. Again, he's using his hands. I'm using my hands. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear that. It sends out a beam, a horizontal beam, and it hits uh, an object, whether it be a hydrometeor, raindrop, hailstone, whatever, and comes back and gives us a, a picture of what that is. The dual polarization sends out a beam that's horizontal, but they also send out a beam that's vertical, and that's how they know what it, how big a hailstone is. You know, they say three-inch hail. They can tell that by this dual polarity. Uh, dual meaning two, of course, and the, the polarization on it, which is really cool. So, yeah, I think, I think about 2012 is when they really started kind of getting this dual pole technology in. And now, I mean, everybody's got dual pole. And what's nice about that is we have access to it. Yes. We have so many different. Now, I'll be honest with you. There's modes on radar scope. I have no idea what, what it is. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because it's nothing that I would ever use. Uh, me too. <laughs> it's, like, it's pretty, but I don't know what it's showing me. I know the important ones that we would use. Right. And that's what we need. Yeah. The dual polarization, uh, not dual polar, uh, correlation coefficient, that's very important. I use that more and more often now. Yeah, and once I understood how to how to do it, I mean, there's a differential re- re- reflectivity, which I've read about, but, you know, for me to really put it into use, I need to see it in use. I'm a very... Uh, what do you what do you call it? You know, show me learner. Is that right. kinesthetic or whatever? I mean, I'm not sure. All these teachers are going to be really mad at me. So if all our teachers can tell me, <laughs> you know, show me show me how to use it, and I've got it. That kind of thing. So and then the other one, uh, special. You know, I have to look at it. But anyway, the they're pretty. I mean, oh, if you yeah. call it up, they're really pretty. But I don't understand what it is. Oh, we've been going off on tangents here. Um, Speaking of radar being able to pick up things, uh, did you see that thunderstorm, that severe thunderstorm complex this morning that started in southern Kansas and went all the way past Dallas? Yeah. uh, That was insane. Dumped a lot of rain. Well, Oklahoma City... Does not need any more rain. Those no. poor people down in Oklahoma City. Oh my gosh! I mean, I've been seeing all sorts of things on Facebook. You've been sending me stuff of just massive, massive flooding, and it, it, it won't stop. I mean, this is the dry it's out every period. week, and maybe twice a week that they have gotten flash flooding to where cars are three feet deep in water. Yeah, I mean, and you're getting, and I heard on, uh, where did I see that? I saw that either online or on TV, that these thunderstorms nowadays that are moving through Oklahoma City are dropping between two and three inches mm-hmm. per hour, mm-hmm. per hour. And that also happened in Tulsa this week. Oh, in Tulsa also? Mm-hmm. 
You know, I mean, I thought it was crazy years ago when they say these thunderstorms are dumping an inch an hour and everybody would go, whoa, that's crazy. And now we're getting thunderstorms dumping two, three, sometimes four inches an hour. Unreal. It is very unreal. I mean, and the Arkansas River, I didn't check the Arkansas River. It, I guess it, I'm sure it's still flooded. Uh, well, yeah, it's going down. It's crested all good. the way down to the Little Rock now. Good, so. good, 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 good. I mean, Oklahoma does not need any more rain. I'm sorry. No. No. <laughs> They've had their share in rain. And this, this storm complex, I mean, I wondered if it was a derecho, but it, it didn't. I think it was just a long-lived MCS. Well, they had a bunch of severe out. And it was kind of in the form of your duration. Yeah, but you know, I was surprised when I woke up and I and I, and I saw some Facebook video. I thought, what was that old video? And I, I looked at the radar and I go, "Whoa, <laughs> what the heck? Where did this come from?" But uh, yeah, it, it went down to Dallas and caused a little bit of a problem. Yeah, down it just there. wouldn't stop. That's the thing; it would not stop. It just kept going. At, at one point, a severe thunderstorm warning was out. It had sixty mile an hour winds. The next one had seventy mile an hour winds and two inch hail. Well, when hail. you get up to that seventy mile an hour winds, you start thinking, "Well, maybe it is a derecho," because it started in Kansas, right. and those derechos hold together over multiple states. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm it, curious it if they're going to label be. it that. It yeah. could be. Yeah, because you still it, had seventy mile an hour winds when you got down to Dallas. Yeah, two states away. Right. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Dallas, that storm that we're talking about knocked over that crane. Insane. It cut through an apartment building like a hot knife through butter. Is what it did. <sighs> I mean, I saw the damage. It I'm was incredible. There weren't more fatalities than what there what ended up with. Yeah. The last I heard, one fatality and yeah. five injured. Yeah. I mean, ugh. and I also saw a thing on the Weather Channel about. Uh, the cranes. He, the, this, they talked to this guy, which I thought was interesting. He's an engineer and a meteorologist. Huh. And his whole career state was to understand how this weather affects large buildings and stuff. And he said, which I thought was very interesting, these cranes are designed to what, the, what he calls vain which means they're d- designed to move. I'm using my hands again d- to <laughs> to sway in the wind, which I thought was fascinating. And he said he said that it's like a weather vane, an anemometer. You know, it's it's designed to move t- with the wind. And what that does when they're able to move is lessens the pressure on the the crane structure itself, as opposed to just being you know solid right there. Uh, regardless, if you're getting seventy mile an hour winds. I'm really surprised that cranes... I mean, this crane was way up there, too. Yeah, I saw a video of it falling. Did you see that? I saw that, that video, too. You know, And we normally don't you know, discuss uh, news stuff on here, except if it's weather-related. And, and that was Dallas from a thunderstorm complex that developed in Kansas and held on. Insane. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> totally insane. And the weather's getting wilder. I mean, we're having all these floods. Uh, we had the late start of tornado season, and tornado season it just exploded. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't, you know, coming back, circling back to Wednesday. Not my my jury is still out right now. Whether any. Severe weather is going to come out of this. But the National Weather Service increased the precipitation amounts, the pops, 
from like 30% to 40%. For Tuesday night and Wednesday. Tuesday night into Wednesday. So we'll see. But this, you know, like I said before, this, this system is very progressive. So it should be out by noon Wednesday and then you know, have another couple of days. So and, Friday maybe and start raining again. Uh, yes, Friday. Friday is the next big thing. Looks like we're going to be going back into... A southwest flow, and everybody knows what the southwest flow is. That's going to just bring us multiple rounds of rain. Could be heavy at times. I mean, I don't, I didn't see a lot on Friday being heavy, excuse me, but Saturday into Sunday uh, into next week. And the National Weather Service in Springfield just uh, said that they are. They'll probably need to start talking about hydrology stuff now, which uh, mm-hmm. which is flooding. We'll see. What what did the W WPC say? They uh, they're forecasting. What? Well, they've been upping it every update they do, like twice a day. They've kind of been adding to it a little bit, and we're we're probably mm-hmm. into three to four inch range right now in the next seven days. Yeah, but uh, like I said, that's updated twice a day, and it changes a lot. It, it does change. Yeah, it does. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they move it around. Somewhere's going to get some rain. Now, I could still move around a little bit, but right now, right, it's it's right over us. You know, I was kind of surprised because they the, they launched this flash flood watch. Do you know how much rain I got out of that whole three or four day deal? I know how much rain I got. 89 hundredths. Well, that's that's more, all that's, I got. That's more than I got. I got about 80. Really? You got 0.8? Yeah. Wow, I figured you'd get more. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, in my opinion, and I, I, I'm not knocking the National Weather Service. Don't get me wrong. But in my opinion, uh, less than an inch is not flash flood worthy. But I understand why they did that, because the WPC, Weather Prediction Center, a few days before that was saying three, four, maybe five inches of rain. So, you know. And there was a model that was indicating maybe we could get more. Yeah, it didn't happen, but uh, and I'm not sure how much Northwest Arkansas got. They were supposed to get a little bit more than we did, but I, I didn't check the total. You know, I got to ask my stepdaughter. She's in. I got family in um, Fayetteville, and I haven't talked to her in a while. I got to ask her, and if she doesn't have a rain gauge, I'm going to get her a rain there gauge, you go. Uh, a big one, because they need to be stronger. Menards has big rain gauges. Menards does. Yes, and my mother says too. My my. <laughs> I was up visiting my mom the other day. She goes, I need an old person rain gauge. Menards. <laughs> Menards, okay. They're like nine bucks. They're huge. You can see them. You don't even have to leave your house to see them. You can just put them in the backyard, and you can see exactly how much is in there. Oh, yeah. They're so big. Do you have a Menards in Springfield? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. They do? I don't know if they do or not. I think they're building one. Oh, okay. I don't know that it's done yet. But I know, I know one's coming for sure. Because they got a couple of lows. They got... Uh, they probably have those too. Yeah, but you know, there's but a Menards here in Branson. You know, uh, I, I just need to make sure and not tell my mother I'm going to get it for. Oh, wait a minute, she's listening to the podcast. Crap. Okay, that would have been a great hey. Mother's Day gift. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. <laughs> well, hey, no Mother's Day's passed. I'll, I will get her ring gauge for um, Father's Day. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the tropics. Uh, big tropical update. Uh, there ain't nothing out there. There's nothing. Yeah, not much to talk about. We had a little bit last week to talk about, but that didn't really pan out. Yeah, I mean, I 
I said, now wasn't it last year about in June where these tropical systems just took off and started? I mean, you know, they start and then we bam, there was three, like three, three and four out at once last year. In June? I don't remember if it was maybe later in June. Okay. Because I know when we had preseason. And then, yeah, it was just nuts last year. Uh, but, you know, which we talked about last week, there's lots of shear out there. And eh, hurricanes don't like shear. Uh, but where this one uh, potential berry was located, there wasn't any shear. And that's why they were thinking, well, maybe this thing is going to, like, you know, spin up or something. And it just gave up the ghost. It didn't do anything. So berry is still to come. Barry is still to come, and I don't know whether I should make. What do you think? Should I make a tropical update music drop for this? Maybe well, not. It depends. You know, I. I <laughs> at first, they said, "Yeah, we might get below average to average year," but now they've added a couple storms. They're thinking, "Man, maybe we we'll get a couple more storms." Oh, they've upped it. A couple more, and I read this. Oh, three, three or four days ago. Okay, I didn't see that. We might that. get two or three more storms than we thought earlier on in the season. Why they think that, I don't know. Have they been wrong before? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't know why they changed their minds. But apparently, they're they're thinking something yeah, is... is yeah. Wow. So, what are they up to now? Do you know? We'll have to... We'll look I it up. No, I don't know. Okay, we'll look it up during the weather school. So, there's t- lots of stuff to look up during weather school. So, why don't we get to the weather school? I did this quite a while... This weather school quite a while ago, and uh, I think it's fun uh, to learn about all the different types of tornadoes. That's my weather school. So, let's get to that. If there's something about the weather that you want to know... Stormed our weather school. Spring is prime severe weather season, and atmospheric conditions are getting ripe for tornadoes. A tornado is a rapidly rotating column of air that is in contact with both the surface of the earth and a cumulonimbus cloud. The windstorm is often referred to as a twister, whirlwind, or a cyclone. If you were to look down from the sky toward the surface of the earth, then you'll see that the winds travel counterclockwise around the storm system in the northern hemisphere. Tornadoes come in many shapes and sizes, and they are often visible in the form of a condensation funnel originating from the base of a cumulonimbus cloud, with a cloud of rotating debris and dust beneath it. Most tornadoes have wind speeds less than 110 miles per hour, or about 250 feet across, and travel just a few miles before dissipating. The most extreme tornadoes can attain wind speeds of more than 300 miles per hour, 
are more than two miles in diameter and stay on the ground for dozens of miles. Other tornado-like phenomena that exist in nature include the gustnado, the dust devil, the fire whirl, and the steam devil. Tornadoes occur most frequently in North America, particularly in central and southeastern regions of the United States, colloquially known as Tornado Alley. They also occur in southern Africa, northwestern and southeast Europe, western and southeastern Australia, New Zealand, Bangladesh, and adjacent eastern India, and southeastern South America. Tornadoes can be detected before or as they occur through the use of pulse Doppler radar by recognizing patterns in velocity and reflectivity data, such as the hook echoes or debris balls, as well as through the efforts of storm spotters. There are several scales for rating the strength of tornadoes. The Fujita scale rates tornadoes by damage caused and has been replaced in some countries by the updated Enhanced Fujita scale. An F0 or EF0 tornado, the weakest category, damages trees, but not substantial structures. An F5 or EF5 tornado, the strongest category, rips buildings off their foundations and can deform large skyscrapers. There are several different types of tornadoes. One is called a rope tornado. Rope tornadoes are some of the smallest and most common types of tornadoes, getting their name from their rope-like appearance. Most tornadoes begin and end their life cycle as a rope tornado before growing into a larger twister or dissipating into thin air. However, some may last for only a few brief minutes, retaining their rope-like appearance the entire time that they are in contact with the ground. Despite their small size, they can still be dangerous to those in their path. Although rope tornadoes may look weaker than much larger ones, some get more intense as they narrow and tighten. Another type is a cone tornado. When people think of a tornado rolling across the plains in the central U.S., a cone tornado is often what comes to mind. Cone tornadoes, similar to rope tornadoes, get their name from their shape. They are narrower where they touch the ground than where they meet at the base of the associated thunderstorm. These are generally more dangerous than rope tornadoes as their paths tend to be wider and they can leave a larger trail of damage. A stovepipe tornado is similar to a cone, the main difference being that they are generally the same width at the base of the thunderstorm as where they meet the ground. Another kind is a wedge tornado. Some of the largest and most destructive tornadoes in history fall in the category of a wedge tornado. Wedge tornadoes can appear wider than they are tall, and they can leave behind a large trail of destruction in their wake. Wedges are usually major tornadoes, meaning that they are given a rating of EF3 or higher. 
Some of the worst tornadoes in history were wedge tornadoes, including the El Reno tornado that tracked across Oklahoma on May 31, 2013. This was the widest tornado ever recorded, growing to 2.6 miles wide during the height of the storm. Multivortex and Satellite Tornadoes Some supercell thunderstorms can produce multiple tornadoes throughout the life of the storm, but others may produce multiple twisters at the same time. Supercell thunderstorms are organized storms that have a strong circulation. This circulation is what helps lead to the formation of a tornado. Multivortex means that you have at least two, if not more, little areas that are swirling around the main parent circulation. While multivortex tornadoes have small ropes spinning around them, in extreme cases, a storm can produce two tornadoes spinning independently of each other. When this occurs, the second tornado that forms is called a satellite tornado. These are extremely rare and can lead to multiple trails of damage in the wake of the storm. Another kind is a water spout or a land spout. These may look like tornadoes, but they can develop when no thunderstorms are in the area. Although water spouts are always tornadoes by definition, they don't officially count in tornado records unless they hit land. While some water spouts develop the same way that tornadoes do, many are not associated with supercell thunderstorms. They are smaller and weaker than most intense Great Plains tornadoes, but still can be quite dangerous. Despite being weaker than most tornadoes, they can still be strong enough to overturn boats and create rough seas. No matter what type of whirling dervish comes down from the sky, the best thing to do is find shelter immediately. Never ignore a tornado warning when it is issued for your community. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there's everything you need to know about tornadoes, all the different types of tornadoes and their wind speeds and the EF scale and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was very fascinating. Now, during the weather school, uh, Corey, you did a lot of research on the hurricane. Exhaustive research. Exha- I know. And you told I'm me some exhausted. stuff. I just kind of raised my eyebrows. So go well, for it. Well, did you know one of the most well endowed, not endowed, but renowned. Renowned, yeah. Uh, hurricane forecast meteorology schools. Yeah. It's in Colorado. Colorado. Colorado State University. Um, uh, okay. I, I, it's true. <laughs> okay. It's true. And, and they and they have a good track record. Oh, yeah. From, from years past. Okay. Well, what the, do they say? See, they've upped their hurricane or not, their, their named storms this year. Okay. They're, they're, they put one out in May, and it was just below average. But now they've decided, yeah, we might actually have an average year this year. Oh, okay. And they've upped their name storms to 14 name storms total. Okay. The average is 12. Now, for hurricanes, you know, you don't have to 
be a hurricane to be named. For hurricanes, they got an average number six, which which is exactly the 30-year average. So Cat one to cat three, basically. Right. Yeah. Major hurricanes, which is four and five. Well, three, four, and five, right? Oh, wait. Yeah. Three is a major. You're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So cat one, cat two, six, and then cat and then three, three to four, five. five they're, they're, they're thinking a little below average on that one at two. The average oh. is only three, though. So they're thinking more tropical storms, it looks like to me. Okay. So nothing like bombo hurricane no. stuff. That's, that's no, kind of no, what they're no. kind of looking at. Of course, at. it's pretty far from Colorado to the ocean. Yeah. Well, I, it, you know, I have heard of them before. But, I have too. But uh, hurricane, being hurricane experts, I mean, hey, it. it if they work, you I know. would be interested to see who all at the National Hurricane Center went to the Colorado State School of Tropical Meteorology. Fascinating, yes, because I've never heard of a program like that before, except right. there. Uh huh. You know, you go to OU to study meteorology, tornadoes, they have it all, right? Right, they have the National Weather Service and the Storm Prediction Center right there, <laughs> yeah, exactly on campus, basically, <laughs> yeah. So, uh but but th- that seems like a weird place for for a tropical meteorology I program. I wonder who decided. Hmm, I'm going to donate a lot of money to Colorado State, but only if they study <laughs> hurricanes. Some something that's totally hundreds and thousands of miles away from them. Now I don't see Florida studying blizzards anywhere. Do you? Well, no, <laughs> no. But is it? That's where the National Hurricane Center is, isn't it? Is it Florida? Oh, yeah, or yeah, is it? Sure, it's in Miami, isn't it? I thought it was in, yeah, I think it was in Florida Miami, somewhere. Miami is in Florida. Well, I'm not re- talking about re- Oklahoma here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, regardless, um, it, it what we're gathering from this, and I think from the National Hurricane Center, too, it's just pretty pretty much an average type uh, hurricane season. Uh, we'll see if we get any, any of these uh, massive bombo hurricane things, you know, like the, within the 24 hours. And you never know. The way climate change is mm-hmm. leaning, it makes it, in my opinion, it makes it harder to forecast because we're entering a time that we've never experienced. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. So, because they're basing it off of 30 year averages. You get your more super storms. And I don't know if you saw the, the latest news story involving climate change. I don't talk too much about climate change. Yeah. But there are couples out there in this country who are n- protesting climate change by not having children i missed out on that cuz i already have too many but they're pro- they don't they don't want to bring children up due to the climate change they may not have food they may be in a drought i don't i, I didn't go dive too much into the story because there's a lot of protesters out there and all these you know the millennials like to protest right right uh, there are people out there not having children to protest climate change i think the better decision would be let's do something about it than not have children well but i do understand it's you're not doing anything to help the problem by not having kids. Uh, right, right. Yeah, it's not contributing to a fix to what, what's out there. Yeah, so. 
Anyway, that's well, just, that's just out there. But you know. yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing I go through or go for and look at is science, and what we do know is it's probably better that they're not having kids. Is all I gotta say. Well, I mean, having kids or not, <laughs> right? Or not having kids or not. I mean, th- the climate is changing. Period, and I think we need to do something about it. Um, but I'm going to leave it at that because <laughs> this is this is not a political podcast. It's a weather podcast. So we will uh, acknowledge that the climate is changing. And circling back to the hurricane thing, you know, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen around August, August and September. That's when we're really going to start seeing the results of the warming and the climate. Well, you know, August is or the last week of August is equivalent to the last week of May for tornadoes. Yeah, yeah, the peak. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. There will be hurricanes. Oh yeah, yeah. There'll be hurricanes. Hopefully, they won't be hitting. Uh, and especially, I hope they don't hit the Gulf Coast because I'm sorry, but the Midwest has, in the plains, have pretty much had their share of rain. We don't need any more the rain. Mississippi, the Lower Mississippi, will be flooded for the rest. The spring into the summer. That's everything flowing down from the north. It won't be. It won't be back to normal for for months. I read. Oh, oh, oh. Well, maybe that cycles into our next segment, which is this week in weather history. So, you got anything on that? I got nothing. Okay. Well, I got no flooding. Okay. Well, that's good. I just got some general things that happened. Nothing too big. Okay. Back in 1938, the community of Clyde, Texas, was struck by a slow-moving tornado shortly after dusk. Many saw it coming and scrambled to to safety inside. It was estimated at an F5. Ooh. Killed 14 people. Man. A five-year-old boy uh, shielded his younger brother, just born, from the tornado by, by laying on top of him, and they both survived. Oh, wow. Man, here's something that I always consider to be an old wives' tale. Kind of like when you hear that, you hear the saying about George Washington chopping down the cherry tree. Okay. You know, it's like, did he really chop down? (laughs) Did he really do that? Well, this says June 10th, 1752. Way back there. Way back then. Benjamin Franklin narrowly missed electrocution while flying a kite during a thunderstorm to, to determine if lightning is related to electricity. Interesting. Did he really have to fly a kite to determine that? Yeah, there goes the age-old question. It's like, did he discover of course, it? I mean, yeah, I mean, electricity... I mean, lightning, I mean, they didn't call it electricity back then, probably. Oh, yeah. They called it lightning, or they didn't have a word for it. I don't know, because they didn't have electricity like we have today. Right. So it's a way, maybe a way to funnel or or a a basis on how electricity works, what he was trying to determine. Maybe he was trying to make the connection between the two. Right. Just connecting. I always heard he had a key tied to that kite. Have you ever heard that? I Oh, yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what I was talking. He had a key, and he took the kite, and he'd fly it up there. The lightning struck the key. Um, not sure what that's happened That's not very that. smart. I always thought that Jim <laughs> was a smart guy. 
He was an inventor. He invented so many things. Yeah. You know, he had the, uh, uh, you know, something that's not very popular these days, and that's Daylight Savings Time. It was a yeah, Benjamin right. Franklin thing. Yeah. Uh, bifocals. He was an Bifocals, inventor. yeah. Now, I remember that. Yes. So, you know, he, he, he knew what he was doing, I guess. But uh, that doesn't seem like a, I, I wouldn't do it. Well, I guess if you're in the 1700s, that's the 16th century. Why didn't you just get a drone with a key on it? Well, I don't think drones or, or, were invented until the 18th century. There, there ha- <laughs> How high was that kite? There had to be a different, a better way, even in 1752. <laughs> there had to be a better way. You know, the wheel was invented like they in didn't the 15th have, they, century. They didn't have balloons <laughs> yet back then. I don't know if they had the helium thing going on or, or, or a hot air balloon. I don't know. But that just seems like a bad deal to me. I think we're like really letting people know of our ignorance about a lot of things. <laughs> well, I had heard that it didn't really happen, but this says it did. It's yeah, uh, I have it, heard that controversy. I will say that it's up I have to heard your it. own beliefs, I guess. You know. Yeah, I mean, in, in research, I mean, we we may get some comments on this or, or people. I mean, if if you know for sure, I mean, the the thing we, we'll research it. We research it a little bit, but uh, you know, everybody knows the age old story. Benjamin Franklin discovered air quotes. You can't see that uh, electricity by putting the key on the kite and up there, and he would you say barely avoided electrocution. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that's what they teach in schools now. We'll have to ask Garen. Well, I'd never heard that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think it's time to get to the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. And this week's Stormdar weather weather word of the week is... Debris ball. It's weather words, actually. De- actually. Debris ball. Ah, very, very nice. And what is a debris A lot of ball? times you hear it called a debris signature. Mm-hmm. It's a tornadic debris signature, or a TDS, which is different than a TVS you would hear, which right. is a vorte- it's a different type of radar. But a TDS is a debris signature, often referred to as a debris ball. That It, it shows up on radar. You can, you can, what I do is I put it on correlation coefficient, mm-hmm. and you see a little blue dot there and what you really got to do is is compare it to the reflectivity and the velocity to make sure they match up because you do you can get a lot of false debris ball signatures yes and i've i've learned that more this year than i have in the past but what correlation coefficient does is it can alert you to Things that are different sizes in the atmosphere. I if there's debris in the atmosphere, it can tell you if it's different size than than something right next to it, and that's why it would pick up as ooh, this is something you need to look at because something's not right up here. And it create like a hole or whatever. Yeah, it, well, it shows it usually as a dark blue or a hole. So, and that's again one of those things that dual polarization brought to us is correlation yes yes and depending on how far you you are from the radar you always want to adjust the tilt of the radar if you're real close to the radar site you want to keep it at tilt one for this area i put it between tilt two and tilt three i use tilt two yeah 
I always use tilt too. I mean, it's uh, for for our listeners who don't know what that is. I mean, the radar will go around at a low elevation, and that's tilt one, and then it will shift up a degree, and that's tilt two. So, in essence, the further away from the radar site, it's higher up in the atmosphere, and that's where you get. Uh, it has four tilts. And and that's you get a composite of that, and you can kind of see where in the atmosphere. But like you said, if you're really close to the radar site, use one because you're right mm-hmm. there. I at, generally at always start with tilt three because I mean, really, yeah, I always start with three uh, because I, I read some 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 I, I, I researched it, and if it's a true debris ball, you get you get less false. Uh, returns on tilt three than you would tilt two. And Interesting. Tilt one. Okay. Okay. Because I, I always do two. The closer you get to the ground, you get more clutter. Gotcha. See what I mean? Oh, so you get a cleaner, a cleaner, right? Exactly. Uh, signature, basically. Exactly. Ah, see, that's why I like two. But and generally, three, even yeah. if it's closer to the radar, if it's a true debris signature, that stuff's going to be way up in the atmosphere, and three will pick it up just You're fine. You're right. You're right. You're smart. How'd you how'd you figure that out? I have no idea. Oh, okay. It's been a while, but <laughs> that that's kind of stuck with me ever since 2012 when it when it was first when released. it first started. Yeah. Well, now you need to figure out what the uh, uh, what that the special reflectivity. You know what? I'm going to look at radar scope right now because I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I can't think of it. There's differential reflectivity and specific differential phase. That's the two that I have no idea what it is. But looking at radar, there's absolutely nothing on radar now. Did you see the radar out in California the other day when it was showing the ladybugs? Wasn't that cool? It was just thick. Massive. Yeah. It was a massive return. You would think that that was a big you know, load of showers up mm-hmm. there kind of moving down. But no. No, it was ladybugs. How cool. I don't know how they determined it was actually ladybugs. They do. They know somehow. Maybe they sent somebody out there and Maybe say, so. go out here and see if it's raining. <laughs> they probably sent a balloon back and it came back loaded with ladybugs. So. <laughs> like, what I don't know. I, I do know that they said that there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Yeah, so that's okay. why they knew it was not rain. Yeah. But those radar, especially in high sensitivity mode, which we call clear air mode. That's high, really. I mean, they can pick up mosquitoes. They can pick up bats. They can pick up. We get a lot of bats here in the Ozarks. Yeah, which is cool. And we've had uh, the monarch butterflies before. Oh, I love monarch butterflies. But all all kinds of different birds. But I mean, and if you look at, and especially radar scope, uh, I guess other radars would pick this up too. But it's right right before sundown. Uh, actually, if, if you go like about a half hour, uh, after sundown and then turn the loop on, you'll see these little areas, which are really cool. It looks like, Ooh, that's, that's wild. And it's bats leaving their cave because mm-hmm. it's time to eat. It looks like, you know, you, you zero in on a certain location and they just fly in all directions around it away from it. Yeah. And then it goes away cause they disperse yes. after that. And you know. Officially, the National Weather Service can't say that that's bats. Right. Because they don't want people going, oh, I'm going to go look for that cave. And, you know, of course, there's thousands of caves in the Ozarks. It could be oh, anywhere. Right. Anywhere. So, you know, of course, we have our a number of caves down here. 
And you know, it's time for the bats to start coming out. I mean, I it's, have bats every night getting a drink in my pool. Yeah, I, I love going out right at that twilight, and I'll stand in the driveway, and there's bats flying around, and, and my wife was just terrified of them. It's like, no, 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 they're not after us. They're after all the mosquitoes and all that. Why do you think mos- uh, Civilar City depends on their bats? They have tons of them. Yeah. And they used to have more than they do now. Thousands more than they do now. Uh, but they eat those mosquitoes around Silver Dollar City, and they, they they rely on that to keep people from getting eaten up out there. I like that idea. Oh, yeah. Why you not? Know? And the thing is, the bats, I mean, unless you get a rogue one that's, like, really sick or something, they're not after people. Oh, no. They, 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 don't, they, don't, they couldn't care less about us. I mean, we can't offer any nutrition. <laughs> we need those those mosquitoes and, I mean, all sorts of bugs. Oh, yeah. And and dragonflies. I've been seeing a lot more dragonflies, too. I've seen several just this week in my backyard. And didn't you say the lightning bugs are coming out now? Oh, well, they've been out for a long time. But oh, really? now they're just thick. I just came in from your front yard, and they were everywhere. Really? Yeah. So... I like to watch them. I think I need to go out there. I may need to put my sweats on because I think it's getting really cool outside. You know, I consider it comfortable. Yes. I wouldn't consider it cool. Well, cool would be 40. I consider it very comfortable. (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah. And this weather is going to continue this week. You know, if we get through this one little system coming through Thursday night, overnight into uh, uh, Tuesday night, Overnight into Wednesday morning and get that one out of here. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic week, and we deserve it. I like it when it rains. I, you know, well, that's bo- wait till the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> boring weather is just that for me. It's boring. Yeah, and I, I posted on the site. Uh, it's like you know, it's going to be kind of boring here. And our, our like, website we- views go down when when it's boring weather. I mean, we still get, well, of course, we get hundreds of day, hundreds of. Hits a day on boring weather, but when it's stormy weather, we get thousands. Well, we're going to, like next weekend, probably Saturday and yeah. Sunday, once we see how this whole flow regime is going to translate, once we know what it's going to do, and it's Monday, so it's impossible to, to, to tell, but all of the models are suggesting we go back in. So we know, like we always say, if all the models are saying it, yeah. And the long-term stuff said that earlier on, too, that it yeah. was kind of hinting that June might be a little wet. Yeah, well, May was wet. May was tornado-y. It also said that June would be below average on uh, temperature, so. Well, I think we're just slightly below. I mean, this mm-hmm. week we're going to be slightly, what is the average high? 80, 80 or 81, I think. Close, now. yeah. You know, I should have researched that before I said opened my mouth. Just say yes. It was eighty. It's eighty. Yes, it's a yeah. But we're going to be in the seventies. So, and actually, from reading the area forecast discussion, you know, highs in the seventies. They said that was just slightly under normal. So I'm just guessing eighty, eighty-one is about not now. That's and, right. And you know what? It is in three weeks. Summer. July. Well, yeah. Well. Well, we're in meteorological summer now, but right. uh, the twenty-first today's a tit. So twelve yeah, days. Yeah. We're going to be in full-fledged astronomical summer and let's hope it's not going to be hot i'm not seeing uh, from the climate prediction center i haven't been seeing where it's going to be incredibly stupid hot i mean it's going to be summer so we're going to have some hot days every now and then but this excessive prolonged excessive heat warning you know highs above 100 i'm not seeing that right now i also want to hope that we still 
are wet in July, just not getting it all at once. I hope it That's spreads the deal. out a little bit. That's the whole deal. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in the years past, I mean, two, three years ago, we got all of our rain in the spring and then it just dried out for oh, summer. I know. And we were in that drought and drought and drought. Yeah, end of August, we were like frying at that point. Hopefully it can sustain and we'll have a pretty fall again. So Yeah, you're you're ready for those colors. I know yeah. you. <laughs> we had one day of color this year and it was uh, this past fall. Yeah. And I couldn't take pictures of the color because it was rainy and dreary. You gotta have full sun on the color in order to take Exactly. Exactly. Yet it was. It's a been a couple of years. day when we that one day we had the full the peak this year, and I couldn't get a good shot of it. Well, hopefully, so. I mean we, we'll warm up because we need the warm days in in the summer, but then we need the cool days to kind of cool and level out. Plus rainy, and that's going to bring out those colors. Mm-hmm. Well, it's something to look forward to. I mean, right now we got to look for the hurricane season. It started. So maybe we'll get a little storm next week. I don't know. Just have to see. But we'll probably have a lot to talk about next week if there is flooding on the horizon. We'll see. Oh, we've talked about quite a bit today. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You got anything else to add? I think we touched on everything. And yeah, everything that I had on my list. (laughs) Everything and more at this point. We talked a lot tonight. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, we've been going in a whole hour. I think we need to wrap this thing up. <laughs> okay, so be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.